This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out, out. Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. I'm Skylar Sokol. And it has been a long time since we had la- have talked to you Good all. Good to see uh, you again. It's been over a month since the last time we actually posted a new Quality Damn. Time clip. We are now back from GDC. The studio has been heads down working our asses off on a new build that we wanted to. Our goal was to take a new build to GDC of Agora pedal it around we did that we're going to be providing some more information some more anecdotes some fun storytelling to our patrons later this week so by the way if you if you're interested and you want to know how i got this sweet mushroom in the back how we got these sweet skateboards in the back we're going to be telling the patrons on saturday so two dollars a month cheapest option you get a bunch of stickers if you do anything more you get a bunch of free shit as part of your subscription just saying just saying. Shout out nice. to all our patrons. Slimy podcast support. beginning, but but it's okay. <laughs> I, uh, if uh, you were wondering what I was doing during the intro, looking around, I was looking for my cat. I assume she's under the bed. Usually she's primed to annoy me immediately when the podcast starts. But today I'm being given a gift of uh, n- no cat. That's right. So now GDC has come and gone. I'm wearing my GDC shirt. That Skylar did not see me buy from the I have a GDC hoodie. Shop. Should I go get it? Are we going GDC? Where? We can go on while I give him the lowdown if you want. Skylar's gonna go get his hoodie. We went to GDC. We came, we saw we conquered as the saying goes. Our uh, we surpassed our goals for the show. Whatever. We're not gonna be talking about that for in this episode. We are going to be talking, we're going to give our GDC review because there are a lot of indie devs, Skylar. There are indie devs on Twitter who are talking about like, I wish I went. I kind of have FOMO about like, should I have gone? And I want to give them our, as factual, as objective as possible. And we'll call out when we're being subjective. Of course, all of this is going to be from our perspective and it's going to be in reference. Oh, skateboard down. (laughs) This is all going to be in reference to our goals. Um, and what we were trying to accomplish during GDC, but we'll call out when we think some things are uh, more objective of state. I'll also tell you that Anthony and I have pretty diverse opinions on a lot of a lot of probably the the more meta outside of GDC things like food and stuff yeah. like that. So those will be contentious regardless, and obviously very subjective. So yeah, we're gonna go into everything from how viable we think GDC is from a networking perspective to how safe San Francisco is to how good the food options were, all that. Um, so, Skylar, let's maybe just start off your personal uh, – I know we just talked about objective and everything, but your personal high overview, how did, how did you like GDC? I love GDC. I, I Well, okay, just to preface this, I love conferences in general. I've always loved going to conferences. I've always loved going to conventions. It's an environment I really enjoy. I really like going to talks. I really like, like you know, just having experiences like that. So for me, I already basically knew going in I was going to enjoy it. It was just like, was I going to enjoy it and also think that it was valuable for us to go as a studio? And the answer to both of those things were yes. I loved it. I had a great time. And I think, honestly... 
it exceeded at least my expectations for how useful it was to the point where like at the beginning, we even had conversations like maybe we wouldn't want to go again. And at the end, we were like, we will definitely be going again. Yeah, we, I, I straight up said to Skylar, based off of what we understood GDC to be and what I thought we were going to get, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised that we're going to come this year. It'll be fine. And then we'll never come again. Uh, and I leave thinking the opposite. I think there's a good chance we'll be back. Uh, so anyway, I, yeah. my high level overview was it was better than expected, better than I anticipated. Uh, for what it's worth, there was a significant, significantly less amount of people and, you know, pe- pe- not only people there, but also, also companies, companies there. So more or less the way the week for us was the first two days. We, so we subscribed. We, we went with the Indie Pass Summit. Indie right? Games Festival Summit, I believe is yeah, what it was called. Like, so we had access to all the talks that happened on the first two days for the Indie Summit. Yes. Um, there were also like sponsored talks, I believe, that we were available to everybody regardless of Correct. your past. That were being like paid for by companies that were like Microsoft hosted talks, Unity hosted talks. Uh, right. Unreal host, uh, Epic host to talk, stuff like that, that were usually like right. basically trying to sell you something, but also maybe give you some useful information. Then on Wednesday, the expo floor opened up. This is like kind of more of a traditional conference set, more like convention, convention, yeah, convention yeah. setting, uh, tons of booths, uh, various like in this case, in this year, due to COVID, like all, all of the major platform holders, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo were absent. Epic was absent. Unity was absent. They had a huge not, booth. Not, not absent. They were not absent. You said I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unity was not absent, yeah. and they had a huge booth. Um, maybe uh, one of the example, biggest but, booths, actually, I would say. Yeah, maybe even the biggest. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm they really took it. advantage of everyone else pulling out. They were like, this is a Unity conference now. According to people we talked about, uh, talked for who had gone to prior years, uh, the Moscone, I think it's called, you say Moscone. That's I what I say. If that's wrong, then that's fine. I, I was saying Moscone, you yeah. know, like scone, because it, there yeah. is scone at the end. Anyway, the Moscone Center, there's like a new, the north and south sides are connected now with like two big hallways that apparently were not there before. So it's more open um, feeling, which probably didn't help the sense that like the fact that there was like less well what i companies heard, there overall what i heard was that normally there are about twenty thousand people who attend gdc and this year there were ten thousand so it was about 50 percent of the normal size of gdc and so this convention opened up on wednesday so the first two days primarily revolved around uh these talks that were happening like from a proper like con- conference content perspective the first two days were talks or at least this is how we experienced it first two days were talks and the expo opened up on wednesday and there were still talks and still different meetings that would happen for example there were like speed networking sessions that you could go to stuff like that yeah. those things were happening in addition to the the uh conference the expo the convention but yeah the convention opened up on on wednesday That's so great. So going into it, Skyler, well, we, we just mentioned the talks. Let's start there. We knew how valuable the GDC talks could be going into this because there are a lot of if – you, if you're listening to this right now and you're an aspirational game dev, you should absolutely check out the GDC YouTube channel where they post um, a bunch yeah. of GDC talks over the years. They are not – it is not by any means the entire, um, entire set of talks. Yeah. Right. GDC – 
publishes all of the talks given to the GDC vault. You have to pay a lot of money if you want to gain access. I think it's like roughly $650 a year if you're an indie dev. Um, but the talks are phenomenal. They are just it mind-blowingly full of content and we have benefited greatly uh from the talks over the years as we've been making agora and making the studio so we knew how valuable they'd be going into it the we attended uh i, I would say it was under a dozen talks in total I think. yeah so we didn't have with the indie game summit we didn't have access to too many and we were pretty discerning about which talks we chose to attend mostly because we had other goals besides just going to talks right like talks if there was a talk we missed it's obviously something we could find online later there were ways to get the talks after gc there were not ways to get the networking opportunities after gdc so we definitely deprioritized talks basically as much as possible especially after the first two one to two days yes um i will say i, I purse like that some of the talks we went to were great they were beneficial but there's no way you could we i i think we felt like there's no way we could really cover everything we definitely didn't go to a few of the talks that we wanted to go to and there's a lot of talks that are happening at the same time so if 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 one of your goals is to go for the talks, you really got to pay attention to the schedule and see how viable you got to plan thoroughly what you're going to go to. And I feel like there are a lot of really good talks that were not included in our package. So if you're really going for the talks, either that you got to make sure they're you get what's exactly catered to you, or you're going to have to spend big to get the, the all access to make sure you can go to everything. I think the indie pass was roughly $400 per person. I think to including the talks, and I think the all access pass they included 3, the other ones was like three thousand dollars per person. Yep. And I mean that's usually geared, I think, I think towards the devs who are being their passes are being subsidized by their AAA studios. Right. But yeah, if you're an indie dev, just keep that in mind. Um, depends what talk you're going to, and and we'll get into like whether how I, 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 one thing we'll talk about later is like how vi- how much the talks played into like subsequent networking situations. I think we can talk about that in, in, in a moment. But generally speaking, uh, there was a talk. I cannot remember the gentleman's name. It was that narrative one, like procedurally generated. Yes, it was character. one of the creators of the game, Wildermyth. Wildermyth. Okay. Uh, it was a great talk. We, um, even though we weren't maybe immediately using some of the things that they talked about in the talk, benefited greatly. Again, we knew how beneficial the GDC talks were. There were some other like marketing and business ones. They, again, prove themselves on that front the every talk we, we went, went to, to had great content and ha- was of the quality that i would expect from a gdc talk yeah um saw mixed reviews on that on twitter some other people actually felt like the quality of talks had gone down this year again we have a we very, very small sample set yeah yeah our based off of our sample set and what we chose to go to and if you're curious if you're an indie dev listening to this and you're interested in what we went to you can always reach out to us and we'll tell you what the talks we went to those were really good uh, the best talk, I think, though, the most valuable talk, and this is this is definitely probably in relation to what our studio's goals were and what we were trying to accomplish. But there were these talks that were happening once the expo opened up we're called on Wednesday GDC and Thursday. GDC Pitch Day was the name of the talks. GDC Pitch Day, literally a group. I think it was four to five studios would present five minute pitches to a group of publishers and investors. So this was their actual it was game like pitch. shark take style game show setup, basically. Yeah, because they're in front of 
everyone attending the talk. So there is at least, I would say, at least 60 or 70 people in the audience. Right, Skyler? I would probably yes. say. Yes, it was huge. Yeah, there was a sizable audience there. And That's they, it, like a nerve-wracking their... amount of people for sure to do a pitch yeah, to. You would de- I was nervous for them. <laughs> um, and then after they give their pitch, the publishers and investors on the panel would give them feedback on the pitch. Their games were all immediately playable on the floor. Uh, so we learned a lot. Uh, there was, the, the, per, the team that did the best would get a pitch of the day, I think, award, like best pitch. Um, we learned a lot there uh, about yeah. what if you are an indie studio or if you're an indie dev, part of a studio that's looking to secure publisher investment, that particular those particular talks, especially if they become available in the vault later and especially if they've done it in prior years are invaluable yeah, yeah I, i'm uh, sad we didn't know about it the first day it happened and if we go back to gc we will definitely be attending all of those yes very good uh, i would say for yeah, me sh- go ahead yeah go ahead no you go you go i was just gonna say for me the second best talk um was the best talk before these these pitch day things weren't really a talk like they were more yeah, of an they, event they up the talk time slot, but they're not really at the talk. The best actual talk I went to, which Anthony, you know, slept in through no one. Anthony, no, he didn't sleep in. He was, he got to the, the badge line late. So he had to wait at the badge line for a long time. Oh, it was actually, one, yeah. it was a talk about legal issues in publishing deals, which sounds horribly boring, but actually the guy giving the talk was great. He was very entertaining and he went over a lot of things I would have never thought of when reading a like publishing contract or publishing deal that will be really valuable for us going forward when looking at those kinds of deals. And honestly, just interesting from a legal perspective, which is something I have vague interest in anyway. So that talk was really cool. Again, if you are an indie dev who's looking to set up a studio in the pro- in the early days of setting up a studio, looking for publisher investment, that talk and talks like it are invaluable. There's actually a nice chunk of legal related talks for free on the GDC channel. Shout outs to Chris Reed and his Shout out. IP series, right? Intellectual yep. property series. Yep. 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 GDC. I'm sorry. Yeah. The GDC, Chris Reed. I think all three talks in that ip series are available on the gdc vault definitely check it out uh they're great so talks i think the other big thing we were coming in with was there was we had a wide expectation of like what the networking reality was going to be we had heard a lot about people saying go to gdc and network right that's where you make your connections and that's where you that those connections can eventually lead to somewhere it's not always the case it, it seemed like it's not usually the case, at least for an indie studio like us, where some of these, like you would actually cold turkey get a publishing agreement or something like that on the floor. Usually, if you did, you had pre-existing like meetings in place with publishers to do that kind of stuff. And there were supposed systems set up to set up these meetings, which we can talk about. But yeah, um, so. If you, unless you had a situation like that, you were coming to build connections for maybe that you would maybe subsequently leverage beyond GDC. Uh, given the fact that a lot of people were not he- present, you know, the greatly reduced people set, if you will, I actually thought this went really well for us personally. Um, and the the reality of it was in fact so one th- one thing I'd love to answer for any devs who listen to this that I was curious about going in was we had heard everything from the fact of like you're gonna be just like mingling at bars 
making connections that way to you're going to have very formal meetings with people. And it was hard to, to, to understand or perceive going into it, like what the networking reality was going to be. And I would say it actually was that full breadth of experience. We did everything from going to party at bars and networking there to formal publisher meetings and everything in between. So anything you want to say there? Um, I think we got very lucky in that we had some connections going into GDC that got us into a few like more exclusive events that gave us a lot of benefit. And I only say that to say the ways we made those connections pre GDC were just by reaching out to these people like on Twitter or on whatever social media and just chatting with them. And I would say if there's people you're interested in talking to or interacting with at GDC to just reach out to them in advance and try and talk to them about it. Because I mean, in our experience, pretty much everyone in, in the game dev community that we've met so far is totally down to talk to you. If you expressed interest in talking to them. Yeah. If you, and especially if you, I don't know, come across as sincere and authentic, right. You're talking to them for the right reasons. Right. Um, and look and authentically trying to build a relationship, I guess people, people are really receptive to that. In addition to that, there's also just a list of public GDC parties that are open to the public. You can also go to, you can find it. There's like a Facebook group that has it every time. If you want the group, send us a message. I'll send it to you. I think there'll be a new one for next year, but I assume it'll have the same name, but we got that list too. I only went, we didn't attend any of those events together. I went to one of them that was much more of like a, barcade hangout event than a networking event but there are like strictly networking events on there too and i bet if we go again we might try and go to a few more of those depending on what our nights look like so those are interesting too yeah uh yeah i wanted to emphasize that point skyler made it we did benefit from these um connections that we built beforehand i think that's actually a theme i mentioned it in the in regards to the publisher meetings you're thinking about going to gdc really start to set some plans in motion like what we're going to do for next year is we're going to start doing some of these things many months in advance reaching out to publishers who we might want to meet with at gdc if we want to um i don't side note i don't know if you really necessarily need to meet with a publisher exclusively at gdc like you you could potentially just set up a meeting with them before gdc but in the event that you did want to especially if you want to do something like get your game in a booth like one of the IGF festival yeah. booths or something like that, you definitely need to be working on that kind of stuff many months in advance. You, you don't want to yeah. leave that last minute. And same goes with these networking things. Like start building those relationships beforehand. And again, being in person really helps, um, I don't know, strengthen maybe some of the the bond you may have with people that w- is 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 weaker just over the internet but when you're in person with them when you get to go out and eat with them when you get to talk with them face to face you get to build that authentic you know you you get to communicate that authentic relationshipness if you will in person you, you get it like it's it's those kinds of things networking better in person yes more sincere more authentic in person um so um, one other thing that relates to networking is just the speed networking that anthony was mentioned that was one situation where there's like basically forced networking but i honestly thought those sessions were great i only went to one of them anthony went to two but we met a lot of interesting people there i feel like if you're looking for something really specific at those sessions you basically just have to get obscenely lucky like you're not going to go into that session be like i want to find this exact type of person that's not how they work but if you're open to just meeting anyone and having 
having networking experiences that could turn into something later, they're really good to go to. Yeah. Um, they, uh, more or less the format was like, you're put in front of another person for five minutes. You're quickly telling them about yourself and they're telling you about themselves and uh, you get some information about them and then they move on. So you do this over the course of an hour with whatever, like a bunch of people. Um, but again, there's, I don't know, outside of this, there weren't many like f- formal networking things that we at least went to. That we attended. Yeah, uh, some of the public parties were formal networking things. But yes, there, there yeah, wasn't like the what we sort of hoped that, for right. or sort of expected maybe was that at the expo, there would be like network more like obvious networking opportunities. It wasn't that way. Like you really need to create your own networking opportunities. Just chat with people after a talk or like in the in the hallway or like in the hotel lobby. Right. You just talk to people if they're bored. And I will say in that regard, I mean, I'm an extroverted person. Skylar is, too. We we can mingle and talk with people. If you're not like that, if you know that your personality is more, if you're more introverted kind of personality, if the idea of having to go to a convention and like mingle with strangers is, gives you great anxiety. I would just really emphasize that if you still choose to do it, I would really put more of an emphasis on networking before the event. So that when you go to the event, you already got in a sense, have your friends, you have no, you got more, uh, known, quantity quantity if you know like you know what you're coming into on the experience uh a little bit better because if not um we you're gonna have to just cold approach people is what you're gonna have to do and it's you do you do have to cold approach people and if that's not something you enjoy or like i don't know if i enjoy it per se i can do it and uh if you if you don't like it and you can't do it just be aware like that's that was the situation it is. Yeah. yeah. There's not. Unfortunately, I feel like if there were more formal structures for some of the networking events, it could alleviate some of those problems. If you had something that's like, uh, you know, whatever, these people are looking for audio people. There's like a group of people looking for audio people yeah. and there's a more formal setting to have those networking discussions we're looking for art people so speaking- uh, we're a publisher looking to fund studios like that would maybe help that but they don't exist so that does exist speaking of which and we can talk oh. about that so okay. there's two ways to make meetings with people at gdc in the gdc and before gc there's a gdc built-in matchmaking thing where you can look for people who are looking for specific things tell them what you're looking for and try and schedule meetings there's also a third party service called meet to match that does an event at the same time as gdc that's basically just like a meeting scheduling service you can pay for the service i believe it was 130 dollars for the week and then you can say exactly what you're looking for. You can search for what other people are looking for and try and schedule meetings with people. And lots of people were on there, like publishers for us exp- especially. We also looked for artists on there. There are like all different people on that, on the meet to match. So if you are trying to set up more official meetings, I think getting on that as early as possible when it opens for scheduling meetings and starting those could create some more easy in networking opportunities where you don't have to do this cold approach kind of stuff. Yeah, True. Uh, sorry, my previous comments more from the fact there's not like sessions dedicated to this kind of stuff. But yeah, the the other unfortunately like meet to match a thing I didn't like is that it is third party. It's not obvious. If it wasn't for one of our contacts at one of the private events we went to, we wouldn't have known about it maybe until later. Um, it is another expense. So if you're thinking to yourself it was four hundred dollars to get the pass, hundred and thirty dollars per possibly to get into that. Uh, meet to match service 
know, you can start to see this is this event. We'll get into it at the end, but like this was this is not cheap. This event is not cheap by any means. Yeah. So um, one last networking note. Something we did that we didn't plan to well, we planned to do but almost forgot to do. But Anthony thankfully saved us at the end was bring business cards. It was huge that we ended up having business cards. We gave out so many. You have so many fast networking situations where you're just talking to someone for a few minutes, even not at speed networking, where just people are busy. So you don't have time. So being able to give someone a business card and take theirs and have them be able to contact you later or look up your studio later is so valuable. So highly, highly recommend business cards. Even simple ones are fine. Just something that gives someone a link for how to get to what they need to get to. Yeah, if you... The, uh, the other thing business cards do is there are definitely situations where if you don't have the business card, the other person doesn't give you theirs. Yeah. It's like a, it's just an awkward moment because it's happening quickly where you're like, Oh, I don't have a business card. And then the exchange like doesn't happen. It's part right. of the exchange. If you're giving it to them. They got to give you theirs. It's kind of a social quick social thing moment that happens. Just a big deal. Okay. Like I, I can't, cannot emphasize enough how big of a deal those business cards are. You got to have some, got to have some with some, primary contact information whatever um yep so i i yeah i that's networking for me you think that gives a good overview of that now one thing we 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 went for so again this maybe doesn't fit your need as much but i think it's important to say for those who are similar to us we wanted to pitch our game to publishers yeah Uh, like we we wanted to get that feedback and we wanted to do that uh i will say Without, we did not set up some of these relationships ahead of time. Uh, we were unaware of some of the absences that were going to happen at the event ahead of time. So we expected some people to be there that weren't and didn't end up being there. And we really had to hustle as much as possible. We leveraged meet to match. Um, it is not easy to actually get some dedicated time from publishers cold turkey or even to just uh, find without. publishers cold turkey i would say yes. for a scale one to ten if you're going to pitch your game and you don't prepare in advance with meetings or at least knowledge of exactly who you're looking for you're you're on like a two out of ten like it's almost impossible yes it don't don't expect again this maybe is different from other years where there's right. more platform holders it might be different but the publishers were not just like all there, easily accessible, easy to get access to and pitch to. They were there weren't the many. one publisher uh, we talked to directly was through Meet to Match. We like met him in like a random yeah. place, like it was very formally designed. We didn't see him at any other time. He they didn't have like a booth or anything. It was very like yeah, they they're not there like looking for you. You need to be looking I, finding them. And to back up, and just so you know. Was it worth it for us to pitch to a publisher? Publisher, I mean, our pitch to this particular publisher, Scott, are saying, is maybe the most valuable thing that happened to us during GDC. We learned so much. We got so much great feedback from the publisher on what the publisher was looking for. Uh, to like, not only what this particular publisher would be looking for in order to give a, our studio investment and to publish the game, but also what other publishers would be looking for. It was extremely valuable. I highly recommend that if you're considering pitching to publishers at, at GDC, you go through with it. If nothing else, to build muscle around the pitch, um, you 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 will. We went in there expecting. Uh, uh, whatever, a breath of like negative feedback or critiques, if you will. We, like we expected it based off of where the game's at right now. We got that, but we got way more information and we got praise we didn't think we would get per se. You get a really great 
you got to do the pitch. I strongly recommend going through and trying to pitch your game to people. Uh, it is it was extremely valuable for us. Yeah, I wish we had been able to do it more, and we'll definitely be trying to do it more in the future. Yes. Um, so that's wanted pitch. to say that hard to come up. It's hard to come across pitching opportunities. Build those relationships in ahead of time, and those opportunities in ahead of time if you're trying to do that at GDC. Uh, Scott, the next thing I want to talk about is the, like, what was at the convention? Like at, at the, the expo. expo. Right. Uh, what was at the expo? Crypto. <laughs> there was a lot of crypto and NFT this year. I don't know. I, based off of the comments on Twitter, uh, definitely seems like way more than any prior I imagine year, which because is- it was a little scarcer, they probably got better deals on getting in. So a lot more of them were able to get in than usual. Also, you know, NFTs and crypto are even more of a hot, but I mean, our, our, our it, NFTs, especially are ramping up hard on the hot button this. So I'm not surprised, but dang, were there a lot of crypto and dang, did we attempt to avoid them as hard as possible? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately I was not, no, no, com- I, I actually ended up talking with a few booths and sincerely just tried to have a conversation with them. I directly asked a few of them how they were improving the user experience, even with what they were attempting to implement. I mean, one person even straight up told me their game was not fun. Like <laughs> they told me our game's not fun, but you're basically mining crypto and building up whatever, you know, investments for yourself based off of the things you pick up, blah, blah, blah. Just like. I, I I don't know. Like I uh, stay I, away I, from those booths. <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a lot of people were like yeah. they were, they kind of were like along a corridor, and a lot of people we had talked to were just staying out of that. Yep. You know. Um, now I will say though, so that was there. There yeah, were some ahead. really useful booths there too. Some great booths, especially some of the bigger booths. If we had been developing our game in Unity, there would have been amazing opportunities to talk to Unity yep. people. Like there's a Unity booth that was great. There was an Adobe booth that was uh, really demoing cool. their Substance v- VR painter or their Substance modeler yeah, VR it's not version. Even the ba- it's not even. It's like a few months away from even being like in a public beta. Yeah. So you did have like previews of some really cool bleeding edge game development tech yeah no that's fine yes you're good um so that that kind of stuff is there uh there is some really cool uh bleeding edge cutting edge tech whatever the fuck both of those words work fine (laughs) so i i there that is there i wouldn't i don't know this i could see being different in other years when you had epic there yeah. and the platform holders there and stuff like that i i wasn't super impressed with the amount of that kind of stuff no, that I, was there. I think it was because of the year that there was a significant lack of that i mean even if just epic microsoft sony and nintendo had been there it probably would have made a huge difference right now there were a lot of booths surrounding like services uh and systems especially multiplayer could, services yeah that could benefit multiplayer a lot of like mobile too like mm-hmm. uh kinds of i don't know like analytics capturing log logs capturing stuff um authentication and automated moderation kind of tools there's one that was like um i think it was machine learning driven animation i think was that one booth that, that uh-huh. anything world that we saw that was compelling you get some idea of stuff that's out there. So um, I don't, I, I, I'm definitely going to, that there were a few things for us making a single player game in Unreal Engine. There were definitely some things in there that we'll check out afterwards, but um, 
yeah, again, I feel like this part this year in particular was a little bit limited on it was front. now let's say you're going there. I mean, there are also obviously games there now, which is a little <laughs> weird because this is a game developer conference, but there is the indie games festival, which is like the indie game awards for the year. Basically, all those games are on display. There are also some a bunch of games like in production on display, which is interesting to me. I mean, we could talk about this later, but it's interesting to me that you would even have a booth at GDC. Like, what's the real goal of that? It's not like the GDC people are your target audience, but maybe it's to attract publishers. Maybe that gives you a better chance. I'm not sure why some, like, unpublished games have booths at GDC. Maybe to try and get press coverage. Um, but also, there is a super sick section called Control-Alt-GDC or something, which were all alternate controller games. Yeah, it was games that cool. use like unique controllers and i'm not talking about like a a dance pad there was one game that was like an animatronic crow there was like yeah. a game with like a skateboard there was a morris code game where you used an actual morris code machine there was the rhythm game that was using computer vision to do like a beat saver sort of well, thing. well that was not was in the uh, alternate control place but was that was not? Okay. No, no no that was just a booth but that was that game was sick too that There's, is alternate controls it is right? it is there was a mobile a computer vision company who has a bunch of mobile computer vision games you can check out on our instagram and i have videos of the morris code game and some stuff that i'll send to anthony that he'll post later too um yeah, but yeah that of, section was that awesome was cool i think yeah, that was, was honestly cool, the alternate controller section was probably this for this year's like booths my favorite thing at the gdc expo there was this arcade section oh yeah the had, retro like, arcade of, yeah you could play like, all these old games of course i played halo reach on 360 yeah. i don't know how like retro that was but i also <laughs> got to play like marathon from bungie like the 94 marathon on a old iMac, you know, like that was cool. Yeah, that was um, sick. I can't believe there was no Halo 1. Like why did the, why reach? Maybe he couldn't get an Xbox. I don't know. Or he didn't yeah. want to make people play on the original Xbox controllers. Dude, that sucks. The Duke was the the shit, man. No, that controller sucks. Big old boy. The black That's and the it. white button. Get that shit out of here. It's huge. <laughs> it, it felt alien, you know. It was dope. Yeah, speaking of it. alien, Anthony's favorite booth was Alien Worlds. <laughs> that was an nft thing it was not my favorite his wife this made him actually, talk to them and... i do think alien world was the one where the person unfortunately told me their game's not even fun <laughs> now that's a good transition though into why you went up to the alien world's booth and one thing that maybe we weren't that interested in but Brittany, anthony's Brittany wife sure was, was very interested in and that's swag that swag my wife came with us she loved the swag that was available in the booths and honestly there was a really good amount i heard based off of some of the devs that we have gone to previous years that we're talking to swag's usually even better on right this was year. worse swag i'm gonna fill my water this was worse swag but I'm, from my perspective it was excellent swag so many free shirts people giving it out readily so many free stickers so many free socks so many free everything all kinds of stuff and the epitome of the uh awards was this one this is the grimoire grave i think is the name of the game it's a uh you gotta check it out it's a very charming little game that they were giving away this big old stuffed mushroom the yeah we're gonna have the full story for the patrons but long story short my wife snagged it at the end of the conference are you, are you spoiling secrets no 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 not I, I i did not give i did not spell oh grimoire grove is the name of the game 
definitely go check it out. That team was awesome. They had like they were part of Swiss games. They were like uh, oh, yeah, that, that was, was one was big thing that was at the expo. There were multiple regional sections for indie games fr- being published in like foreign regions, non-US. There was a Swiss section, a Spanish, a Sp- from Spain section. Uh, do you remember any of the others? There's a Latin American one. Yeah, multiple Latin American ones. It was very cool. So they were trying to highlight some international devs and stuff. There's a significant international presence there. Yeah. Um, so the swag was exceptional. I, I good swag. from my perspective. Yeah. Apparently, it's even better other years, but it was still really good. Uh, All right. Would you say, Skyler, like, again, I, I, if you are going with the primary goal of experiencing the expo and the stuff that's there, you know, I don't. If you're an indie, it's $250 if you like didn't want to do the talks, $250 for the pass. Uh, do you think it was worth it? I think, think if it? it were a year where there were more like bigger companies there, like Microsoft, PlayStation, 100% it would be worth it. This year, I would say it was worth it for us, but I think we got kind of lucky. Um, I yeah. think this year, maybe it wouldn't have been worth it to some people, but I think in a normal year, based on what we experienced here, which was that it was very close to worth it. If not worth it, if we, even if we didn't get lucky, uh, I think, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be, be interesting to see what is next year. I expect the NFT and crypto stuff to actually increase next year, but I also expect the non that stuff to be more present as well. Hey, maybe so. it'll all crash and it won't increase. Let's hope. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe. All right. Let's let's now, get these. Let's bang out these last few things where we're where yeah, we're going on. Let's talk about some like the hotel situation, the uh, Haas, the, the whatever staying place. Yes, yes, the hotel <laughs> the and hostel situation, the um, food situation, the safety situation, that holistic like just being yeah. there. So situation. let's talk hotel. I've thought about this a lot. So hotels there in San Francisco are very expensive. Expensive as fuck. Anthony and I both paid about the same for our hotels. We stay in different hotels. Our rooms. Compared to what I would have gotten in Colorado, for example, at what I paid, which was approximately $200 a night or something, $200 and yeah, $250 roughly. a night, um, th- it was probably like half the size of what a room would be, at least half the size of what a room yeah. would be out here for Closer that price. Maybe even a third. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- they were very small. I mean, they were nice rooms. They were clean and they were nice, but they were very small. So I, I honestly, like the hotel was so expensive afterwards in retrospect i will be absolutely attempting to share a room with someone next next time i go like i would if sean and josh go i'll be like we're getting a room three beds or whatever i'll sleep on uh, the floor i don't care but i want to split a room because there's no way worth it 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 was not worth it for me to pay that much again for for a hotel just for a solo room yeah really look at the parameters of what you're of what you're getting josh was the other member of our team so i stayed with my wife in a hotel skyler stayed in a different one and then josh stayed in another one he was under of the understanding that like he'd have a bathroom well he paid didn't. no he knew there was gonna be a shared bathroom he knew oh did he okay. yes it was so he paid under a hundred dollars a night for his room his room was even smaller than ours and it had a shared bathroom on the floor that was he thought it was going to be like a dorm bathroom but no it was a single bathroom with like one toilet and one shower for the entire floor of his hotel yeah more like hostel style yeah and there were some hostels there that are available that are 
more affordable and supposedly like, you, relatively nice. It's just the matter was that because of COVID, we chose to not consider those, or at least yeah, like I if, chose to not. If you are, if that's a part of your consideration, um, you know, yeah, as, as Josh said, it was a closet masquerading as a bathroom. You like, barring you really spend money on the higher things, like which if you're an indie dev, you very likely don't have the budget to do. Expect that it's going to be compromised conditions it's not enough yeah it's you're not gonna it's, make some compromises in your stay if you will, yes to some yeah, yeah, yeah you will have to unless you're willing to pay over 200 dollars a night upwards of 300 dollars a night for your hotel now i also thought food was expensive um i think in general san francisco is an expensive city and yes yeah. food in general was more expensive i would say on average two to five dollars more expensive than what we would pay for the similar food here yeah, or more. Or more, depending at the nicer restaurants. Yeah. It was expensive. Food was expensive. Um, I don't know. Again, so for our experience, we were primarily just around the Moscone area. We didn't like yeah. really go out of San Francisco. I mean, I went into Chinatown multiple times for food, which is not really in the Moscone area. But other than that, we ate mostly in the Moscone area. So. Keep, for that, keep that in mind. It might be cheaper outside of that area. They might be taking advantage of pe- of, of people, you know, coming to that conference center off, often. Yeah. yeah, but it was food was not cheap. Um, was food good, Skyler? Um, when I went to a place that I thought would be good, which I generally relatively good at estimating, it was good. Like the food at the places I expected to be good was good. And even the food at the places we sort of rent to randomly that maybe wasn't going to be so good ended up being pretty good, too. I would say overall, the quality of the food was good. I I enjoyed pretty much everything we ate, except for maybe one or two things. And those were minor stuff in the immediate Moscone area um, was not bad at all. Uh, I thought the Materion Shout out to the Materion and Buckhorn Grill that was in there. Anthony fucking loved Buckhorn Grill. Nice favorite place we ate during that. It was time. basically a, a slightly fancier steak escape, but but Anthony yeah. loved it. Of it was course, fucking good, dude. No, it, it was, was good. I agree. Good. Their food was good. I, I, the thing I ate there was good too. There's now, if you want like in there, if you want real food though, you don't want to be going to the Materion. You want to be yeah. going to Chinatown is yeah, what but you you want to know what you're doing because I feel like you could eat some shit and I'm spend not, a if, lot of if money if you know how to Google effectively you should be okay but yeah if you want Chinatown recommendations hit me up I went to two one of the restaurants I went to Chinatown in Chinatown but actually two of the three I went to three different restaurants in Chinatown a dim sum place we went to a fancy Chinese restaurant and then I went to a Szechuan Chinese restaurant uh, the dim sum place was good. It was not the best dim sum I've ever had. San Francisco is known for their dim sum, but Josh and I didn't have time to do a lot of research. The place was good, but I, I, I imagine there are better. The fancy Chinese restaurant Anthony and Brittany did actually come to, and Anthony, I, I thought it was great. Anthony also really liked it, so that's yeah, a strong review. Can't say. Yeah, I'm... I'm not a weird food guy. I don't yeah. want like fucking what was it called? Like boiled spicy fish. Anthony like, just I, wants Anthony uh, to get an idea of Anthony's food tastes. The first day we got there, he was uh, the first day when we have the opportunity, you know, to explore our surroundings. He's like, I want Chipotle. So yeah, fucking <laughs> don't give me some weird shit. Like, you know, yeah. oh, he's Brittany's just like in chat. If you are very, you know, conservative about your food choices, well, Brittany you would go to that restaurant it. anyway. You wouldn't go there Thumbs anyway, down. right? Yeah, Brittany. So, but Brittany didn't eat anything there. He, she ate one bite 
of one thing that she ordered. Hey, she that- loved popcorn grills. She loved Brittany, the hey, place. Hey, at the Chinese restaurant, she ate one bite of one thing she ordered that we told her she wouldn't like. So she did not like. Yeah. It. So that true. is not that is not an active review. Anyway, so yeah. So if you're looking mind. for like real like food, like foodie food, San Francisco has tons. There's tons of nice restaurants. Uh, there's lots of very good seafood. We went to a good seafood restaurant that had some good crab. Granted, it was extremely expensive. Um, and even so, the Chinatown restaurants I went to were very expensive. So, so generally, just like food options were good, but it was all expensive. Great, great like, food uh, options. Really good food options. Very expensive. Yeah, that's the overview. So, now, how safe was it? Okay, so going in, I was informed that San Francisco has a large homeless population and that it could be even worse because of COVID potentially. And basically, I was told directly from multiple people, don't walk around alone at night ever, like straight up. So, I mean, that statement alone should tell you that, like, it's not that safe, especially well, I, at night. our experience, I think, verified. those. I words. think at night. I would, uh, based on what we experienced, I would not walk around alone ever. Like it is not a good idea. I felt very safe during the day, basically anywhere I walked. Granted, we didn't walk to like the, there's an area called the Tenderloin that's notoriously very unsafe. We didn't go near that. But all the areas I walked during daytime, even if there were homeless people who were even acting a little crazy, I never felt like threatened or like we were going to be like unsafe in those situations. But you did have to be aware. You couldn't just like, you know, be completely ignoring your surroundings. So yeah, safety, you gotta be aware, I would say, is the is the is the review from me. What do you think? Yeah, I pretty consistent on all of that stuff. Jo- yeah, Brittany's making the point. Josh was from Bedsty, Brooklyn, which is not well, I mean, it's getting better now, I think, but like it's not really the greatest, safest place. Either was weary, <laughs> wary of his surroundings at night too, which we were just, like, I took it. I was like, Hey, okay. You know, if Josh is kind of paying attention, I'm paying attention. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I, I did feel like the city was relatively vacant. You know, I had read articles of a lot of people still haven't come back to the city because of COVID. Yeah. I don't know if that's why or what. Whatever, well, also there was half the people at the con- conference that there normally were, which I assume is normally the population that's in that area. Yeah, I initially came in feeling like maybe it was kind of clean there. I don't I think I come away with that's not really the case. Like um, I thought like it was the, as clean as any average city, but no cleaner. Yeah, I mean it was cleaner than New York, yeah. but I didn't go to New York during COVID, so I don't know what New York's like right now. Anyway, take that for what it's worth. I mean, the Target we went to was fucking, you know, all the front door and windows were all broken and like all boarded yeah. up. I mean, there have been some and, protests in the recent time, which is probably the, why those things are like that. I don't anyway, know. so it's like, yeah. Gotta it be it felt like a normal day, city to me. A normal city that was like, you need to be a more more aware. I mean, than, that's worse than Denver. Man. No, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like an average, like low city, like city, city. Denver is not like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Like yeah. where you want, you don't want to be, you want to be safe at night. I would recommend take an Uber or a Lyft at night, and you can probably walk around pretty freely during the day as long as you're staying in the area around the convention center. And there's people around where you're walking, if not right, like. I, it, it didn't. I, yeah, we didn't. We never saw anybody pulling anything on anybody. Yeah, nothing. No, no, no problems during the day. I mean, we didn't even see any problems at night, really. But we didn't. Yeah, we didn't we put heard, ourselves in those. We definitely heard problems from our hotel room right. during the night. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so keep that in mind. Um, 
All these things together, in my opinion, see if you agree with this, I would really recommend, if possible, going with somebody you know to GDC. I would not go to GDC completely alone. With I mean, if you were meeting someone you knew there, sure, sure, sure. But I would say you want to know at least one other person who's going that you can be around for some of it. Otherwise, you just might end up really at not having a great time because it. the reality is no one is like looking to talk to you unless you're like willing to go talk to them and otherwise you're just going to I think feel pretty lonely if you're there alone to be honest. Yeah. That at least that's that's my take. Also on the food thing, something I forgot to mention, we ran into somebody at the end that was saying that there was actually like free food available, like these free oh, yeah. food trucks that were coming by that were like sponsored, like sponsored by certain companies as like some sort of like advertising kind of play we or never whatever. saw that. So, so research your stuff. What we're telling you is our experience um uh, and we, we talked about how much research we did on various things. So take it for what it's worth. You could maybe have a much more economical food situation. Yeah. Speaking um, of economical, let's talk about how much we estimate we paid overall for the trip Okay. Uh, per person since you paid for two. But like, so I'm thinking, I mean, flights are going to vary for everyone, right? So maybe we'll ignore flights. But if you're staying in a hotel like Anthony and I did, we paid about two thousand plus dollars for our hotel for the week right yeah mm-hmm. yeah we both paid over two thousand dollars for our hotel the conference was like 400 and then yep. i imagine we probably spent i don't know exactly what we, we spent on food so let's say 500 that's another yeah 500 yeah sure well yeah not per person but yeah, yeah it was, like it was, tw- it, was not, but, it was we only had one account on but we could say like 2500 at this point yeah. plus food yep. we probably spent at least 500 dollars on food if not more yeah. right per person yeah, so at least 3000 if not 3500 I mean, it's pretty, you're probably p- shooting if you're staying in a nice hotel like we did and not splitting it, which, like I said, I believe was a mistake. Nice hotel. Again, remember what we called a nice hotel. Right. You know. I'm saying expect to pay between three and $5,000 per person, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could maybe get it down to 2000 if you were really, or at least 2500 if you were more, frugal about the food I mean, and if you're frugal about food and sharing a hotel i think you could pay between one and 225 i think you could pay even under 2000 if you were if you did all that but yeah sharing a hotel is a great idea if you're yeah yep so as a ca i spent probably 750 400 paid for the yeah that's a big no so there is something at gc called a ca a conference assistant i think is what it stands for um and they are able to go for free. They get an all access pass. So if you can't afford to go to GDC, you should apply to be a CA. It is very competitive, but if you get in, you get a free all access ticket. That's $3,000 that you're getting for free. Um, and then Nico, the guy we met who was a CA, he split a room with three friends. So he, at the same hotel I sedate at, so he probably paid about $50 a night instead of, you know, 200 conference associate, excuse me. So yeah, so he said, he spent about $750. So I think if you're a CA, you could probably spend under 1000 If you're not a CA, it'll probably be under 2000 if you're frugal. And if you don't think about being frugal too much like we did, it'll probably be closer to three to 5000 Yeah, for the people who are listening, like, how the fuck are you guys indie devs and you, can, you were able to spend? I mean, we have full-time jobs as software engineers. Uh, that's how we also subsidize the studio. So we had the great benefit of being able to be more comfortable in this regard on certain things yeah um but but even even us at the end of the conference we were talking about how we definitely need to budget better next year like it was more expensive than we expected to we 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 did not 
do a ton of research beforehand. This is our first GDC ever. We, I think we'll definitely handle things differently next year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So that's GDC. Okay, so overall, was it worth going? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. If you can afford it, even if you have to do one of the more frugal methods, go. For sure, go. If you're, if yeah, you're an if, indie def. If you only are interested in the talks, I would say it's not worth it. Um, if you're only going for the talks, uh, yeah, go. I, get, I would just get buy the, GDC the vault and watch for it six hundred and fifty dollars a year and watch it online. Absolutely, totally no, agree. No, no way. Totally. If agree. you are going primarily for the talks, like no networking, don't give a shit about the expo. Do not go. No. Get get the vault. Um, if you're going for the networking, again, take some of the tips we said. Build the relationships beforehand. Take it. You know, capitalize on those in person. And and if you don't like, if somehow you listen to this in a place where you can't do that, keep in mind all the things we said. Speed like, networking, you're all you're gonna that. have to hustle networking yeah. if you don't have any relationships. And but it's a hundred percent worth it that. if you want to go for networking. You're willing to do that. Yeah, yep. the networking was yep. by far the best part for us. Something Eduardo Ortiz Frau said when he came on our podcast previously that I think I agree with. People definitely do take the fact that you're there and you made the effort to be there and the investment to be there seriously. Yeah. So when you're networking, if you put in all the effort and yeah, all the money to be there, people people take notice of that. And, that basically um, gets you in the door of the initial interaction. You're it's not it's not totally cold in that you already have the thing in common that you both came to GDC. So yeah, it says something about how seriously you're taking yeah. this and how bad you want the opportunities. And remember. Oh my God, take fucking business cards. Yes. Like no matter who you are, what you're doing, take business cards. No matter what, you have to take business cards. Even if you're not part of the studio, you have to take yeah. business cards. Even if they just you have, have like your personal email and maybe like your website to your portfolio or whatever, take, but yeah, take them. Or just your Twitter. Like, yeah, anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, just for what it's worth, we gave out at least like roughly 100 cards. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to get some, I, we bought 200, we went with 200. I'll definitely do that next year. It's even more people. I might be giving them out more readily. Yep. So that anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's GDC. It was great. I think we both had a really good time there, regardless of yep. like all the businessy side of it. Like it was very fun experience and, I, and it was great. Yes. Yeah. Um, at least for us, why I think we're going to strongly be considering going again next year. Um, but yeah, cool. Thank you all cool. for listening. And uh, if people want to find us, where could they find us? I forgot. It's you... been a month. I can't remember. I know. It's been a bit. We we're we're a little rusty. You can yeah. find us at kokoalaentertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, and you have more information about Agora, our first person puzzle platformer shooter we like to call it an f3ps or if you prefer an fpps <laughs> yes. whatever you know, fpps <laughs> yes f3ps agora is pretty maybe a fourth p coming soon that we're not we're not stating publicly yet but i think it will become an fpps soon oh shit fpps <laughs> Yes, uh, you can find more info about Agora and the things we have talked about so far on uh, at our website. It's the first link right there. You also get links to our Discord, where we have two custom Discord bots that run an idle game that facilitate 
you, you can get giveaways and all kinds of stuff. We actually have a slew of giveaway, giveaways about to hit the Discord here soon. Anyway, lots of stuff. Yep. So thank you so much to our patrons who supported us. If you want to hear all of our fun stories, anecdotes from this particular the dark GC, side of GDC, sure subscribe. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're going to be uh, talking about that later this week with our patrons in a private stream with them. So. Which anyway, will be released you, to the public so eventually. You're not, you're not required to join the patron to watch it, but if you want to hear it soon, you're going to want to join. Yeah, thank you so much to our patrons for supporting us. Uh, and we will see you guys later. We'll be back next week. We're returning to our weekly podcast episode. Guests incoming. Yep. Content is back. Content is back. Content um, is back. If you if you want to if you do join the Patreon, make sure you ask us a quality time question. We'll answer your question on the podcast. We don't have any right now, but ask us some and we'll answer them. That's right. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. We are very grateful to every person who is in our community. Like seriously. Yes. Thank you, everybody. If you're listening to this and we interacted with you at GDC, it was so nice to meet you. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about GDC too. Join the Discord and we'll let everybody know. Goodbye. Ooh, see ya.